Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather, episode 39. Political discussion that to the uninitiated may just seem like screaming and crying. Um, we've got a couple of special guests today. Stow boys. Stow boys for a stow discussion. Yeah. Um, we've got enough for almost a D17 cover band. Almost enough. Yeah. You're forgetting Tony. I can't remember his second name. Mortimer. <laughs> Tony. Yes, yeah. there we go. Yep. The one who didn't. But he didn't run himself head. over, but he's not in the band anymore either. There were E17 were playing uh, recently. They were doing a free gig Ooh. and um, with none of the original members. <laughs> <laughs> none of the original members. No. Oh my god. I gotta so, say, I, lo- I love the clipped band. correction of the surname there. Just, <laughs> just you sitting in the corner, arms folded, going, Mortimer. His name is Anthony Mortimer. <laughs> well, see, Ollie, if you've lived in Warpham so long enough, you'd know, because you get letters telling you all the, all the time from the council telling you how E17 are doing. I missed the E17 rush. Yeah. <laughs> like, Stay Another Day came out, and I thought it was just a fad. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we've got guests on today, as um, our friend Ollie. Say hello. Hello, I'm completely unqualified to be here. Well, you live here. You live here, that's the qualification. Yeah. Well, well, live. You, know, you, could probably put, you could probably put that in quotation marks. <laughs> and our friend Rob, who also lives here. Uh, first time, long time. Um, American correspondent. Have you guys heard about this <laughs> Trump guy? <laughs> I hear bad things. Is that why you came here? Years and years ago, you knew it was coming. You could, see, you could smell it on the horizon, so you left. <laughs> it's Trump on the horizon. But yeah, we're talking about... Walthamstow um, and gentrification in general this week. Yeah, I think leading off from our episode last week, um, we became more aware of one of the developments in Walthamstow, where we live. Yep. So we'll do that. Yeah, because they're in the middle of Walthamstow, few people who don't know, there's a little mm. town square which has one of the rarest things in London, which is seating. Yeah. Public seating. And a giant TV for some reason. Mm. But it looks like they're going to tear out the, the public seating and replace them with expensive shops. Yeah. And expensive houses. So, the whole plan, there's, it's a, basically a huge green space with a child's playground outside a shopping centre. Yep. Um, they've approved a plan to create luxury towers of up to 29 storeys. Um, they're going to take away 32% of the remaining green space. Um, build a larger shopping centre under the two towers. I think, the f- uh, let's see, the first... Yeah, the first phase is 42 new flats on top of the shops, all for private sale, with only one family size three-bed flat, and none with affordable rents. <laughs> Sorry, can I just catch you up on one thing there? Yeah. Did you say 29 stories? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, when, yeah. When I saw people saying that they were going to blot out the sun, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought like they were talking about the shadow. I didn't realise that they were attempting to actually get to the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Icarus. <laughs> or Mr. Burns. <laughs> yeah. Like Mr. Burns blocking out the sun. Um, yeah, that's uh, the phase two is for resi- four private residential towers of up to 29 storeys. Four. 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 There will be 460 new flats in the tower, all for private sale within gated communities. The vast majority will not be family size and none for affordable rent. Um, usually you, you would prov- uh, need to provide 50% affordable housing on any new building project in London. Uh, about 20% of the flats here will be affordable. For, uh, sorry, for sale at yeah. affordable prices, not for affordable rent. Yeah, and affordable sale is not really affordable. So not affordable yeah. out, out anymore. Out of curiosity. Mm. Mm. So you said gated communities. Mm-hmm. Where, are they gonna, where are they going to put the gates? 
<laughs> well, we'll see. Um, we'll see how much they can get away with. Where are they, they? they going to fence it off? Because it's going to be right. I imagine I'll mean security guards. Is it replacing the mall, or is it? No, they're they're going to need to part demolish the mall, and then they're going to extend the shops out. I assume along the high street. So you're mm. going to have alleyways or streets along the side of the towers to get to the high street. Mm. Right. And then I assume you're going to have like some gated areas in the middle where you can then. That's going to be a narrow little street going yeah. through. You yeah. know where we normally hang around to eat our pasties? Yes. Mm. I know it well. Yeah. I've eaten many pasties there. <laughs> mm. That's the bit that we've taken away. Which on the plus side will take away the space that the socialist worker party normally have their little stand. Right now, actually. Yeah. Yeah, given, Rob saw given, earlier today. Really? Given the kind of like makeup of the Labour Council, do you not think that there was even a little part of them that actually thought that that was an objective to stop the SWP considering like you imagine the kind of people who would have opposed most council schemes in the past um, going on the I'm not that's not a value judgment on the SWP they're a piece yeah. of shit but like <laughs> um, they would have been the most vocal ones yeah going on the structure of Walthamstow Council and the current MP and her family I imagine <laughs> that they'd be very happy to chase out anyone who's even slightly left wing <laughs> um, but yeah it's a nice public space mm. in the middle of Walthamstow. Like in the summer, it's always round. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think only about a month or so ago, didn't, they had like a theatre set up there, a temporary theatre that was there for like Oh a month. yeah, it was that round kind of... Uh, yeah. They, do, they do stuff there. It's always used. Yeah. yeah Even think... if it weren't used, it's not, it's for people and it helps to mix up the area which like isn't exactly overburdened with green spaces. I think for people yeah. who haven't been there, it's probably also worth pointing out that um, for a town centre in a you know relatively busy bit of uh, our London yeah it's relatively open yeah know? so mm-hmm. you've, you've got you've got a relatively wide open space mm. and it's also sort of uh, tiered as well so you have that bit with the steps going yeah. down the slope mm. which again you know is more space for people to actually sit yeah you know and you know perhaps loiter if yeah. uh, <laughs> if the mood takes them I've had many a nice loiter around yeah there. I've I've had I've enjoyed many a stand around a sit down <laughs> Sometimes a bit of a lean. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's even, the, the possibilities are endless. It's got one Occasionally of those, a nice lie down, face down in the snow. <laughs> it's got one of those rarest of things in London that used to be a big issue, um, especially for me and Adam when we were smoking, of a place out of the rain to roll a fag. Mm. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Decadence. <laughs> imagine a place that's outside but out of the rain. Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to tear. I imagine they'll tear out all those trees. Um, oh gonna, yeah, they they're going to. They're planning to tear out eighty-one of the existing one hundred and thirty-five mature trees. The kids' play. This is actual from the report. Mm. The kids' playground will be in inverted commas regenerated and moved closer to the bus station. So yes, like like Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> So it's going to be on that like little... a villain from Captain Planet. <laughs> so on that little, maybe on that little patch of grass next to the bus station. Where's the man who sells magic corn going to go? Where are the Polish drinkers going to go? Yeah. They're all just going to have to go to the children's playground. They will be moved. It's a purpose It'll be instructional. Yeah. Um, I've been looking at this photo of like what they propose to do, and it like it looks a bit like when you go to Stratford, and yeah. if you if you ever go behind yeah. Westfield and you just see desolation in all directions except mm. for Westfield, it reminds me a lot of um, Ben Wheatley's adaptation of High Rise. Yeah, I think that's just yeah. what they're trying to do. Yeah, it's a really old-fashioned scheme in some ways because like. Big, big, big towers, mm. not exactly in vogue in places that want to regenerate, are they? No. I mean, really, I mean obviously you could think of they like weren't the travel lodges of the, like, they're out of fashion kind of for a long time. Yeah. But they seem to have been coming back. Like, 
Wolfenstone had that um, the big tower block. There's two of them, aren't there, by the station? They got built. Yeah, the tra- the travel lodge and tra- traveling. Yeah, areas. and I know what with the complaints about this one. Um, what are the com- the council did point out that oh, but we already have tall buildings around here. It's like yeah, we didn't want those ones either. Mm. Yeah, um, which block out the sun, make wind tunnels because mm-hmm. that's an issue. Yeah, um, that's actually a thing that's mentioned in the in the report. Um, so which the, you had a hard time finding. Um, yeah, it was weird. So like, there's a couple of blogs and a couple of uh, Twitter accounts that have have gone into this and done all the like looked into what the report actually says because yeah. the council website, like all council websites, is obtuse. Yes. Um, but yeah, they, there's a, they did a, a report on um, ground level sunlight, um, but they only measured it, measured the theoretical loss of light during July. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's also that thing of like, um, when you're seriously looking at how much ground level sunlight can we can people do without? <laughs> Not to be not to be, be too tedious about it, <laughs> but I think it's probably re- it's probably worth restating the wind tunnel effect. Yeah. That mm-hmm. When people when people hear something like wind tunnel effect, they probably think, "Oh, it's, you know, it just gets a bit breezy, it just gets a bit nippy." Mm. But that really isn't the case. Um, no. The building that um, that I mostly studied in when I was studying at university, mm. the Arts Tower in Sheffield, mm. has a bit of a wind tunnel effect between it and the um, adjoining library, mm. and. This the arts tower is probably about I'd say maybe half the size, uh, third of the size of mm. so like one of these towers. Fifteen stories. Yeah, it's about high. it's about fifteen stories high, and the library next to it is actually um, a fair bit shorter, but mm. the wind tunnel that passed yeah. through it was absolutely incredible, um, and it was actually quite, it was actually kind of dangerous during the uh, winter as well when the mm. ground got icy. Um, very frequently people would be slipping and falling over um, trying to navigate that wind tunnel. <laughs> they were forced to get the really heavyweight text of their course because if they got a pamphlet, it's just gone. <laughs> no, no, that would make it dangerous because they'd just slip backwards from carrying their bag. <laughs> pinned. <laughs> pinned to the ground by the wind and then... Exactly. And, you know, then they'd have to get a friend with a brush to start brushing the ice in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> Curly with students. <laughs> That'd be pretty good to use against your grandchildren, though. Like, oh, you don't know how hard I had it. Walk, walking to school every day. <laughs> we used to have to get free men with brushes just to get me there. <laughs> they'd have to curl us up the hill both ways. <laughs> not quite man against nature. It's not like, you know, oh, I had to go through all the fields because there wasn't a proper road to the school. It's like, no, this was a man-made obstacle course. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, the thing is... Wolfenstone does need housing. Mm, London yeah. needs housing. Not this housing. It do, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. It, do, it doesn't need housing that no one here can afford mm. and makes it actively nasty to be in town. What's the main problem of housing in most parts of London? It's not affordable. It's not big enough. It's not of high enough quality. Mm. And there's a kind of response, like stock response to this from both Labour and Tory councils, which is, oh, well, it's the only way we can get housing. And it's like, you, you've kind of buried the fact here that you think that your way of getting housing is, is inevitable and yeah. the only way of getting housing. You mm. can only partner with these. In this case, uh, last week we talked about Lendlease. Mm. This week it's Capital and Regional, which is another huge housing developer. Are there another one that's really dodgy? Um, I couldn't find anything dodgy on them. <laughs> um, they, uh, Capital and Regional, they own many of, they, they own the mall franchise, which, um, our ah. mall is part of. Uh, they also, uh, they were behind, uh, expanding Woodgreen, uh, Shopping City 
1996, mm. and they spent the mid-90s to the mid-2000s turning Milton Keynes into the mini-America that we know that it is now. <laughs> so, oh. so yeah, great so, guys. Yeah, that's lovely, lovely. Because, <laughs> mm. um, yeah, it's weird that they'll be tearing out a bit of the mall, because the mall is almost finished. Like, after all the construction work they've been doing for, like, about two it years. It is weird, isn't it? They just finished it when I, like, it was always, one of the entrances was always closed off Yeah. Um, for the first, like, three months I lived here, and it's mm. just reopened, and then they're like, well, we're going to tear half of this down. Yeah. I didn't realise that it wasn't finished. I just kind of assumed that it was always sort of just a little bit behind gentrification. <laughs> so it's like... They, it kind of was, yeah. So they'd be constantly refurbishing it, and would be like, right, I think we've got it sorted. We, like, the, the, quali- the level of quality mm. is equivalent to what we think the gentrification is. Wait, shit, another cupcake shop has opened. <laughs> we've we added to- the awesome stove sign. Now we've got a game. Yeah. <laughs> we, need to take, we need to get rid of some of this brick, put more glass in, put more steel in. Oh, God. Oh, God, we can't keep up. Is the awesome stove sign still a bit broken? Because I remember that one of, the, one of the letters broke on that pretty quickly. I we think it's going strong again. Oh. That's a really unfortunate sign to have a letter break, because I can't think of anything <laughs> rude that it would spell if you took no. out a letter. No, it's not like my favourite pub back in the Medway Towns, the Command House, which very quickly became the manhole. Oh yeah, <laughs> best part. <laughs> but um, it's another move to cash in on how fancy pants Wolfhamstow is becoming. Yeah, Wolfhamstow's weird. Like I've only lived, I've been coming up here for what ten years, twelve yeah. years, something like that. Yeah. Um, I've lived in a lot of other places that have undergone gentrification. I lived near um uh, the Custer Factory in Birmingham. Yeah. Which was when like we were looking around flats to rent. Um. The, the estate agent actually just like came out and bought, like said, oh, you wait five years, this will be... And it's like, what in five years? What, it, my, it's going to price me out. Yeah, I will be able to live here. What do you think you're gaining by asking me, a renter, mm. <laughs> what benefit I'm going to get from this place becoming super upmarket? Mm. Um, and Nottingham as well, kind of uh, stemming from the uni, um, all that kind of moved, like out, radiated outwards from the uni. Um, kind of became more expensive and, and, and had those typical signs of gentrification. But Wolfenstosis just seems to have been kind of half gentrifying all the time that mm. this has been going on. And this kind of is the obvious final stage of it's not even like you're getting in artists into like kind of abandoned industrial spaces mm. and then... Moving them out when it becomes thing, and then putting in the boutiques, and then putting in the restaurants. It was about a year or two ago. Grayson Perry left, and he said that because gentrification is over, his work is done, (laughs) so he moved out. Um, But like, I remember Holly first moved here because the schools were good, Mm. and we're quite lucky because we had a bit of money, so we're able to buy what was then quite a cheap flat. Yeah, Um, and. It's just staggering how much this place has changed in 12 years. Mm. And the village, that little bit that is the fanciest bit. Mm. And how when I first moved here, there was one shop that sold booze and it had uh, like a wire mesh bin full of a mixture of beers. And that was the only (laughs) booze it sold and small bottles of vodka. And then the waffle shop opened and it all started to get worse. (laughs) So it it turned from like, it turned into a gentrified village from well, what an actual village well, think, is one like. Things, one of the things that happened is, um, like when I first moved here, there was a lot of the time when you'd go out to see friends, it would be to Stoke Newington or Victoria Park. Hmm. Um, and none of the people there, when they started having kids, could afford to buy a place around there. Yeah. But they could afford a morphine so they all started to move out. 
Mm. And then that, then I remember there was a distinct change from media people that meet at parties going from, oh, Walthamstow to, ooh, Walthamstow. Mm. And then it was just like this uncontrollable spiralling ball mm. that then the council did nothing about. You know, yeah. There's nothing that the, the council have ever done to help it. I think recently they pedestrianised a bit of it. Yeah. Which was, which was the only good thing they've ever done. <laughs> um, but there, and then building this thing is just cashing in on that. Mm. But the people who moved it, they, I don't think it's even within the catchment area of a bunch of the schools. I don't, I don't know if there are any schools around there, are there? Not, not close. Um, like, not, not within, ca- yeah. There's the girls' school, areas. which will be just on the edge of it. Mm. But I bet you they'll make a deal. Because mm. that happens all the time, that if you live with, like, they have, like, little weird deals with bits that are just slightly out of the catchment area all the time with new developments. I believe the affordable rents in these new buildings, the affordable sales, are probably not, somebody calculated they won't be available to people who don't have a salary of about 75000 a year. For a couple. For a couple, so I'm hearing it's pushed to ninety for this really? development. Yeah. So actually, it doesn't matter about their school catchment areas because they are the kind yeah. of people. Who, I mean, if they're going to have children in there yeah. at all, are going to be maybe scraping the bottom of private schools. But yeah. So, but by that, none of us could move in there. No. Oh no 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 near. No no. It's it's not designed to solve our problems. No. No. And that's like the most. That's the most disgusting thing about it. Mm. It's not. It's not designed to solve any of the human problems of um, providing housing for the people who actually live here and the working class people who want to live here in the future. Mm. It's designed to move them out so that you can. I mean, for the council, it's only upside. You get you decrease the green space so you don't have people kind of like you said loitering or people like sitting outside drinking or whatever. Oh yeah, Wolfenstow Wolf- um, Council hates people hanging around. Like I think Wolfenstow mm. was one of the first places that banned spitting. It's mm. like the fines for spitting. It's disgusting. Well, well it's um, good just to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> you, the son of a TB nurse who yeah. just spits constantly. Oh, oh, is TB caused by spitting, is it? Well, the amount that you spit <laughs> at people. <laughs> I, I, one of the things that that square does in the summer is the um, the night feast on Fridays mm. where all, all the food trucks come around and they... Also, you know, the Wildcard Brewery, some of the local breweries, they all, you know, they all get together and have like a little bit of a outdoor cafeteria and there's like a, a family friendly DJ and families yeah. go and, and get food. Um, and I saw that um, some of the uh, some of the poshos in the area were uh, trying to uh, petition Night Feast to get shut down because, uh, oh, it, it attracts an undesirable amount element. It brings all oh, these drunks in. Shit. It's like, well, it really doesn't because the local drunks can't afford like an eight pound burger from a truck. No, they can't. So, <laughs> I think what they mean you just don't the, want people around do the you? undesirable element they mean the people who live closer to Blackwell's Road Station <laughs> yeah. than the ones who live closer to like like the village which that's yeah that's mm. the thing the, that's just the makeup um, good example Lily's school that she just left mm. um, Lily's year was predominantly Asian mm. the year sevens now is not oh wow it is, really it is very much white yeah mm. and that's like in so she was Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So in the course of five years, mm. completely changed demographic, huh? Yeah, mm. yeah. For all of the Wolfenstow Village, and then the um, the estate agents, like we've got a couple of really evil estate agents around here. There's, <laughs> oh um, yeah, I said the Stowe brothers are the ones that drive me the most insane because they're the ones who are bringing fun back into property um, purchasing. Oh, that's what they doing. um, so many they, fun ulcers. They I had, had a, a uh, they had a free disco um, in September with shit mat. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Some techno DJ. Oh, fantastic! But um, yeah, there's 
they, it was like a lot of them, like there's a state 17, there's a couple of others, which suddenly started changing the names of the little areas, like estate agents do. Mm. So there was Walthamstow Village, and then there was Walthamstow Village Borders, which is Leightonstone. Um, <laughs> and it's amazing how like they do this, and then they try and push it and push it and push it to try and make everything as expensive as the middle. But there's no real reason for Walthamstow to be as expensive as it is, other than there are good schools, and in the last like five years, there's some nice places to eat and drink. It's because mm. of its la- its larger environs, so they all got hooked on Hackney mm. and Dalston and Stoke Newington and things like that, and they just kept moving up. They just kept moving up the east side of London because everywhere else is priced out. The, the middle is gone, mm. completely hollowed out, but for like investment properties and the super rich. Mm. And so the old middle class that would have lived in somewhere like even Camden mm. or Islington mm. are pushed out to somewhere like Walthamstow because that's the only place they can afford. Yeah, there's... Um friend of mine he did he well he became a friend of mine he was like um he did a a carpenter who did lily's bookcase Hmm. um he was brought up in Hampstead. Hmm. he can't afford living so he lives in chingford and that's a there's just that constant figure and what happens is so it's not gonna it wouldn't be that surprising if like because of how wolfhamstow's getting that all of us end up having to live somewhere like heims hill yeah. Mm. Well, that that will be that's the next one. That will be the next yeah. one. And it would be fine if I chose to. <laughs> that's the thing. There's no there's no element of choice. There's um, like how long is your rental contracts? Like a year at a time. A year, yeah. 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 And they're always that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's those. I think they they have like landlords have their excuses, mm. but we know what their excuse is, so they can put it up every year. Oh well, the and lot- then if it, if it changes just enough, then they could push it like. Um, Ollie, when you first moved to Walthamstow, you lived right in the middle of the village in that nice little flat. Yeah. Um, and then she wanted to get rid of you because she decided that she just wanted to sell it. Yeah, that was a while in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, without fail, every time that the uh, <clears throat> the year contract was up, you know, the price would go up. Mm. And it's the same story of the place that I'm living now. You know, within, you know, like, within a couple of months of the contract being up, you know, I write, I write to... Um, lay agents say you know I want to extend my contract they're like okay we'll be in touch with you mm. a bit and then the first thing that they send is a letter saying that the rent has gone up and then afterwards they send the contract yeah and the rent has gone up I assume because of the works they've done on your flat to make it nice <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think I don't think anyone remotely approaching um, <laughs> anyone remotely involved in maintenance has ever been in that flat who does the work on your radiators, Ollie? I do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the last place I lived in in Tooting, we lived there. Uh, we renewed the contract after a year, mm. and um, like the guy sent us a letter, just simply stating I was quite glad that he didn't like like uh, tiptoe around it or anything. He just said, um, "I'm putting your rent up by ten percent to match prices in the area." It was in Tooting. Yeah, and that, that's enough of an excuse. Um, and the work he did was um, well, he did. Um, kind of 80% successfully resolve the cockroach infestation that had 80%. ruined my life. <laughs> yeah, that that was the closest I've ever seen you to, like, losing your mind. Yeah. You weren't sleeping. Nope. Because it's hard to sleep with a cockroach infestation. Yeah, it's too, it, and it wasn't, like, subtle either. It was just everywhere. Like, mm. all over the kitchen, all over the living room, all the time. Mm. And, and it's, it like, was, it's like um, with the rent on Ollie's place going up. Ollie is so close to that chicken shop that had human shit in the fryers. Yeah. So obviously... <laughs> it's, what, it's what the area is known for. It's a local landmark. You know? Yeah. People come there to take pictures. 
I mean, usually inspectors, but yeah, sometimes, <laughs> I guess, shit tourists, I guess that's probably a thing. But actually, come to think of it, though, um, when, when I've had my rent increased in this country, mm. um, I, I say this country because I spent most of my adult life living abroad, Yeah, I have never been told, you know, what the reason for the rent going up is, just been told, yeah, rent's going up. Yeah. I, I think... Um, at least, you know, when I was, say, living in Germany, for example, and my landlord raised the rent, he did just straight up say, yeah, it's to match prices in the area. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I kind of respect that because I was like, well, you know, at least he, at least he was honest yeah. about it. Yeah. Did you, you ever have any kind of rent control when you were in Germany? Um, not that I was aware of, but it wasn't really at the front of my mind because the rent was actually incredibly reasonable. Yeah. Like, yeah I only yeah. saw, like, the last flat you were in in Frankfurt, which was huge. Yeah, that mm. was... Um, so to have that tiny German kitchen. Yeah, um, well, that's a kind of a weird German thing. I mean, like traditionally in German flats, like when you, even if you're renting a place, you're kind of expected to put in your own kitchen or take your kitchen with you. <laughs> it's I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's Bolt actually to the side. maybe it's actually a Frankfurt thing. Um, I've I've heard weird things about housing in Frankfurt. Yeah, like the concept of the like Frankfurt shower, which apparently is like a shower that's between rooms or something like that. <laughs> um, and also I had a flat, uh, friend who was uh, in a flat that had the shower in the kitchen, but I think that was just because it was a shit flat. <laughs> anyway, that's not important. <laughs> yeah, Frankfurt's got some quite weird rules, like um, there was smoking everywhere after smoking, but that was great. That was, that was the um, last place I've seen with, uh, with smoking, ven- with um, cigarette vending machines. And there was one next to a park. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that, that was sort of like unchanged from when I was growing up. <laughs> but, Go for a um, nice walk. The, <laughs> the flat that you saw that was quite large, um, quite... Um, centrally located in Frankfurt, yeah. so we're literally within spitting distance of the um, Frankfurt Exhibition Hall. Yeah, um, really well connected. Um, was about it was between six hundred and seven hundred euros uh, a month. So, <laughs> and that's in like the financial heart of Germany as well. Yeah, yeah. Frankfurt's the um, so for an equivalent place in London, you're probably it's probably between a third and a half of you know what you'd pay in this yeah. city. Yeah, it's a lot less than what you're paying for where you live now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't, don't bring that up. It makes me very sad. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like you moved around the country a lot. Yeah. yeah so I like, spent the first kind of 10 years of my life just like moving every two years. The Midlands. Touring the Midlands, yeah. Um, and you in to, search of work. Yeah. And it, the housing situation in London, like it's shit all over the country. Hmm. But in London, it's particularly shit. Like I've noticed a specific drop off in the quality and size of what I can afford here, as opposed to anywhere else. Mm. And obviously, larger population, more and more kind of intensive pressure on housing. Mm. But like they, they, I don't know how they're succeeding because we're kind of entering like the end stage of of gentrification, which is what that Walthamstow kind of what's development. Development shows. Yeah, that in the, will it's, be the last. It, thing. It, it's, it's they finished hollowing out all of the old spaces that were abandoned during kind of white flight and during the hollowing out of the city centres. Well, and now everybody's moved back, and now you've just got to pile more shit on top of it. I think that's a good side of what. Well, I say a good sign. An, an indicator of what it's going to be like is there's at the top of the high street where there's now a cinema and some flats, mm. and who are currently for there were five restaurants. Mm. Um, originally, that was open land. And they were going to turn it into more space for the market, which Walthamstow has a very good market, yeah. a very well-used market. 
it's huge and it's open. I think it's the longest open air market in Europe. It yeah. is, yeah. yeah. I believe, yeah. Um, and it's open six days a week. Yep. Um, and then there's a farmer's market on Sunday. Yeah. And it doesn't have stuff that you'll go, that like everyone will buy. Because there's, no. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of pots and pans. And um, there's always, there's, there's quite a few of those places with the miscellaneous cables. Yeah. <laughs> I love those. They don't, um, have, they don't have chargers though. No. <laughs> no, my dad was losing his mind because he was like going through each and every one because he was sure he'd find an iPhone charger for his yeah. old iPhone. Oh, sorry, we don't have anything specific here. Miscellaneous no. only. Yeah, only miscellaneous. <laughs> a lot of um, a lot of the kettle leads. <laughs> I assume for people building their own PCs. Um, but they were going to have it more space for the market. Hmm. But then it changed to now a load of housing, a cinema, a Pizza Express, a Nando's, a Turtle Bay. What's, what is Turtle Bay? Is it like, it's like Caribbean, Caribbean food yeah. and really sugary um, cocktails, apparently? A uh, barbecue place. Uh, it's shutting it's down. <laughs> yeah, that place is shut down. And <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, no, well, I don't think it was just because it was bad, because people go to the other places as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, the, the, uh, the mood in there was bad. <laughs> Lots Again. of. Uh, lo- <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't think that's much different from going to Turtle Bay. Mm. But every, every single time I walked past that place, it was empty. Yeah. Um, I went at that place once, and it was ex- it was empty except for me and the people that I was with, <laughs> and I do, I do I do think that says a bit about the. Must think it's too much space. And, yeah. yeah, and it's the worst bit about gentrification because at first you get the bit that a lot of people complain about with hipsters. So you have like the microbreweries or the like we've got like a tapas restaurant and there's you have that like bread cup- shop as well. Yeah, there's that a bread, bread shop, a bread shop and art space. Not a bakery, <laughs> it's a bread shop. Oh, is it really? <laughs> I yeah. just thought it was like you know, fancy bread. There's like yeah. the man place that sells the mustache wax. Yeah. Yeah. But those places are usually owned by a person. Mm. And then the end stage is more, it's like instead of having um, coffee places like there's Huck's nearby or there's another one that's on the way to the tube. Instead of them, you'll just have Costa. And instead of like a place mm. like um, the pizza place that we all love, mm. um, Yalto, it will just become Pizza Express. Yeah. Because it, they're the only ones who can afford it. It's because it's because they've run out of that kind of space, so they now don't have to go through the stage whereby you invite all the independent like artisan shops, mm. like boutique kind of shops, and you can just go straight to the chains. Yeah, and the, like it's the, the the logic of it is that if the place doesn't do well, if there's not enough footfall or they don't mm. make enough money, they close. But if they do really well, and if the area does really well, the rents go up so high that an individual entrepreneur can't afford it. Yeah. Well, I mean, case in point, um, Walthamstow Market itself, it's got a Sainsbury's, two Tesco's, a little, an Asda, and a second little is being built at the moment. Yeah. And a Farm Foods. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I love my Farm Foods. Farm Foods, I've placed the shop that I've only ever seen in one other place, and that's in Merva. Um, <laughs> oh, no, we had one in Birmingham. Did you? There and we. one in Nottingham as well. Oh, really? Mm. So only the best locations. Oh, farm yeah. Foods, if you don't know, is... I forgot about Farm Foods. It's yeah. significantly cheaper than Iceland. It oh, looks, yeah, it looks really grim. It's, oh, yeah, we got Iceland as well. Yeah, we have got Iceland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's Iceland, but cheaper. And then countless Polsky slaps, um, Romanian versions. There's a load of Turkish shops down the end of the road as well. There's quite a few like international supermarkets, yeah. things like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, down the end is where we get into Toy Town, where they've changed uh, all of the banners to be identical to each other. It looks yeah, like, like a play the, school street. All the shop signs, which I think was a count, like the council paid for, yeah. the, mm. for the street signs. Um, yeah, I mean, Haverly did a thing shop complaining signs. about it because it is, it's ugly. It's a very new development. Yeah. Yeah. It looks it's very, very really sorrowful. Horrible. And it's, it's weird because like, 
it was just after um, they did that, just after on the Labour Road, they did quite a nice thing mm. where I think it might have been the council did it. Um, but a lot of the shops are painted in pretty pastel colours now. Like yes. the brick yeah. one. I've seen that, that is really nice. Yeah. yeah. And it's like there are nice ways to make a place look a bit cleaner. Mm. I don't think it's just but, making it cleaner though, because I've seen those signs mm. and I can see exactly what they were going for. Mm. Which is a kind of a kind of twee red trousered nostalgia. Yeah. There's a kind mm-hmm. of Edwardian like yeah. Victorian corner shop kind of thing. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, but nicer. Yeah. It's the kind, it's the kind of shop signs that you'd expect to see in like the, in the background of a film in the nineties with like Hugh Grant with his floppy hair. Yeah. And maybe he's got like a, a wide eyed, like American girlfriend or a Japanese tourist. I don't know. And, you know, <laughs> sort of showing the wonders of, uh, of Twee overlooked England. That yeah. When isn't things quite were a shit back yeah. in the good old days. Yeah, when yeah. when things quite weren't quite as shit as they actually were, or as, as you remember them. Shops that are predominantly owned by people of color. That's as right. Soon, <laughs> as soon as I saw the um, the change in those signs, I you could just I just in my head the countdown started for there's there's a shop that sells like um, rolls of silk and fa- other fabrics. Yeah. And the sign, I think the shop must have been there for years because it's got like a, a carved wooden sign. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I'm never going to go in there because I don't I don't. I don't need to buy silks for my sarans. You don't need to buy bolts of silk. No, for yours. Boy. <laughs> but I like that it's there, and I'm sure that there's plenty of people who live here that mm. like it. Because otherwise it wouldn't be able to be. Also, it's a kind of like primary resource thing as opposed to like a very manufactured kind of processed yeah. thing. I'm not, I'm not too hot on the like original, like you need, oh, you need gourmet, like original stuff, but it's a nice kind of thing where. If you're getting that, you're not buying just very, very expensive manufactured clothes. You're buying something from the source, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you could tell that the, can, that the council use. was rather a vintage clothes shop than a place that you go to buy the stuff to make your clothes. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, Walthamstow is quite a divided area. There's, it's got... There's a lot of poverty in East London. Mm-hmm. and But the bits with money are so small, but there's a lot of money there. They're try- It's what that, that scheme is intended to do. It's intended to actually formalise the divide. Mm. between rich and poor because at the moment it's still like you'll find one street that's like really well to do all the houses have been done up and they have the money to do up houses and then there's like a row of of council houses or things like that or you know like temporarily rented accommodation Mm. or whatever is that um Um, i could see them wanting to do to walthamstow market what's been done to spitalfields yeah spitalfields is Mm. it's not very nice to go around Mm. And it hasn't been nice to go around for like a while now. It's like, and that redevelopment they did was... It's quite overwhelming. It's mm. horrible. Mm. Horrible. Like, I went there near Lily's birthday to get her a vegan cake. Mm-hmm. And it was just nasty. Like, I remember when I first moved to London, I quite liked going around Spitalfields. It was nice. Yeah. I could usually afford something to eat. Mm. But now it's not... It's, it's that thing of turning a place in, from a place that you'd hang out into a place that you just exist to consume... Yeah. Which is depressing as all fuck. Well, apparently their box park have their designs on the space behind oh Sainsbury's. God. Um, if you guys are familiar with box park in Shoreditch, which yeah. is uh, not what it says that it is, the mm. pop up shopping space, which is all boutique brands like Nike and Ed Hardy. Yeah. Uh, and apparently they they have, they've set up a Twitter uh, saying watch this space uh, yeah, for, uh, <laughs> for that area. The Sainsbury's. You know, like the it's. It's like a vacant lot and then like a little bit of a uh, crappy play area. I once saw a very young boy in assless pants taking a shit in the ground there. 
I'm glad oh. that the ass's pants were necessary. For, uh, <laughs> well, I've never seen them before. <laughs> some, but they came in handy. Yeah. It's, it's that um, kind of like performative, pretending that it's independent and quirky. Like, um, I don't go, unsurprisingly, I don't go to the Millennium Dome much. Mm. Um, but we went there, I think it was like Christmas two years back to go watch a wrestling. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had um, a couple of bars in shipping containers. Yeah. But the bars were like a fancy champagne bar and the meantime brewery. Right. Which is a big time brewery. It's not like a little thing. It was really that place is weird. Uh, has the most has the most obvious. You know all that feeling you get when you're walking around kind of gentrified areas and you're very much like aware that the pavements are smaller and you're being shuttled along a certain route? Mm. The O2 Arena has the most obvious example of that. Yeah. Big barriers everywhere, specific yeah. routes to walk. It's like, no, you walk here, you yeah. walk to the shop. Don't when you, stop. When you walk walking. into the dome and you have like the bit for the main venue and then and all the fancy bars, and then as it shuttled us round and round and round to the place where we'd watch the wrestling, which is a bowling bowling alley, <laughs> yeah. um, the shops got progressively more what they assumed that we'd like, till by the end it was a harvester. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was pretty great actually. But um yeah, that, like I remember, like I went to the O2 years ago with with our friend Mike um, because he managed to score tickets. I don't know, score or punishment tickets for us to go to the Metal Hammer Golden Gods Award ceremony. <laughs> so we got to go on a booze cruise down there and then go around there. And that place, there's certain times like if I've drunk too much that it's obvious a place doesn't want me. <laughs> like Stratford does that. Like like there's bits yeah. of Stratford, nice. Hmm. I'd say nice. Comforting. Yeah. And then there's Westfield, which is, you don't want me here. And Wolfenstone, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want them to turn Wolfenstone to that, because I already feel like that in the village. <laughs> what I'm particularly nervous about, I mean, aside from everything else, but um, the way they transform the square, I could see it very easily becoming one of those publicly owned pri- uh, private spaces, or pri- privately owned yes. public spaces, yeah. rather. Yeah. You know, yeah. where, like, it's going to look like a town square, but there will be men in high-vis jackets who can say, you can't close your eyes here. Get, <laughs> yeah. get like, away. Yeah, the, taking the model of the city of London. Yeah, Regent's, Regent's Square. Yeah. Yeah. But is it like, um, yeah, it's in the city of London where they, they can just take your cameras off you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have their well, own... Well, they can. They have their they own have, rules. They have their own law that um, goes over the top because they are, they're public spaces, but privately owned, and therefore that's what... That's what determines what you can do there. Oh, it's going to be horrible. Because it's nice. Like, on a weekend, you'll usually see, like, a bouncy castle there with all the kids playing on mm. a bouncy castle. Mm. Mm. That's what the council have done. Like, they, one of the kind of end results of the collapse of that, like, civic socialism that you set up after, that was set up across the country after the war is that yeah. you put all the, you created more public space, but you put it into the hands of local councils. Yeah. Now, as long as the local council kind of respects its populace and actually represents its populace, that's okay. But what you're seeing now is, is like, oh, this is a public land, this is the public square, and it's like, well, actually, it's owned by the council, and, like, legally and enforceably. And every, pretty much every council in this country is just a housing development company. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, Capital have struck that deal uh, with, uh, the, with Waltham, Waltham Forest Council, where yeah. they're going to, they're, they're paying loads of money to upkeep the town square so I could see that very very quickly becoming yeah. a yeah this isn't your town square anymore this yeah. is our town square yeah. we paid to clean it yeah so mm. you can't be here yeah. oh, it's just it's um I remember it was when I f- it was around the time when I was first living here 
that I saw a really... And it's the kind of thing that won't be able to happen anymore. I saw a fight between local anarchists and the Socialist Worker Party. Yeah. Where the anarchists were taking the piss out of the Socialist Worker Party for charging for their paper. <laughs> um, and calling them, calling them out on being shits. And then they stole some of their papers and kicked it over and ran away. They all ran around like Betty Hill. And it was awesome. And it's a kind of local colour. <laughs> but the local colour will soon be... Well, what's fancy? Um, prep. We'll yeah. get a prep. So like, like maroon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More of a grey. Yeah, maybe 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 a greyish and red trousers. Yeah, it's just like oh, we were um, where there are a couple of nice. That's the thing is like why Wolfram So is a nice place to move to, mm. um, despite all of its problems. Is there's quite a few nice little open spaces like the William Morris Gallery and yeah. behind that that park is beautiful. Yeah, Victoria yeah, Park yeah. is really nice. Like me and Ollie went down there, mm. um, because um, I was checking out a new dog park. And there were some very nice dogs, and it was very nice. And it's all the the park is really nicely developed. It's mm. like there's a there's a skate park for the kids. Mm. Um, but we saw we saw a guy in was he green corduroys or <laughs> it was pretty. Yeah, I think I think it, I think it's kind of like a Christmassy take on the uh, red trousers trope. Yeah. Um, but obviously because red, you know, famously a Christmas color, Father Christmas and all that. Yeah. You know, was already kind of taken as the um, the year round option. I think he probably just had to switch to green. Yeah, because you know you can't wear red trousers every day. People might laugh at you, like us sitting in the park snickering. It's, it's it's too much style to take. Mm. Mm. Well, um, I think Victoria Park they used they've got tennis courts and they used to be free. Mm. I think they you have to pay for them now. Yeah, and they've got two bowling greens. Why do you need two bowling greens? A lot of oldsters. Yeah, yeah, but they're always empty. <laughs> I see oldsters down there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of wanted to get into bowls for a while. I just wanted the least movable sport. Well, it was when I was debating joining the um, Walthamstow Working Men's Club um, <laughs> until I spent an evening there. <laughs> and then vowed never to return. Because <laughs> that place is hella racist. Because that's the thing that's changed. That's one of the things that's changed in Walthamstow. Walthamstow Village, when I first moved here, was super racist. Mm. Super, super racist. There was, there's um, the pub now, which is frequented by people who read Time Out and Teachers. Yeah. Um, the Nags Head used to have National Front and BNP stuff um, in the bo- all all over the toilets. Mm. Um, the pub that's now one of probably the fanciest one, the Queens. Yeah. That used to be real dodgy. I remember going in there with with a black friend and the place going quiet. <laughs> like the slaughtered lamb. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know where a lot of those traditional East London white men have moved to now. But I've got a sneaking suspicion it's the Sweet William, hmm. where I saw a man in a string vest and England tattoo. <laughs> um, Easy there, Emily Thornberry. <laughs> oh, that place! That place is horrible. That place. If you been to that, been, it used to be really welcome. It's down near the Labour yeah. Road. It's um, you know where the Baker's where Baker's Arms where the Baker's Arms pub used to be. Is this the one that's called like the Ghost in Pepper now or something? No, no, no. This is um. It's called like the Prince William or the King William. It's, the Prince, William, it's the Prince William the Fourth, but it's known as the Sweet William. Is yeah, it? Okay. Yeah. It's um Brody's Brewery. Right. Okay. The ones that used to have the Dalston Black Beer, which had a little um. Oh, uh, that brewery. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 That pub has the nastiest feel. <laughs> like significantly. But now more, it yeah. didn't used to have. Yeah, it's um, and um, the one that's now Pepper's Ghost used to be bootlaces. Okay. <laughs> and now is Pepper's Ghost right. and what colour bootlaces? <laughs> well, there's two pubs so close to each other. There's bootlaces and shoelaces. 
Seriously? Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Um, but Pepper's Ghost now is weird because it's, it's more expensive than other pubs in Wolfenstein. <laughs> I mean, the name like Pepper's Ghost. I mean, yeah. that's why I haven't yeah. been in there. I figured it was just something I couldn't afford. It's not very nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's not very nice. And like, um, on Wolfenstein High Street, with how it's changed, like, um, there used to be there's a pub. I think yeah, it was always called Checkers. That's right in the middle of the High Street. Hmm. And Checkers was so dodgy when we first moved here. <laughs> yeah, it got shut down the, by the police because it was an open air drug market. <laughs> but it was open every day of the week. Hmm. Whereas once it got bought up by the people who um, bought that abandoned pub that was a squat. Um, at the bottom of the Labridge Road mm. by um, Clapton Roundabout. Mm. Um, they bought checkers, they did it up, and it doesn't open during the day, yeah. on the weekday, because they don't want market trade in there. <laughs> and it's just... That's... It's, it, t- it ties in with what um, the conversation that we were having a bit earlier about you know our favourite estate agents in Wolfenstein, in that um, when... I got kicked out of the um, place that I was living in before because the landlady wanted to sell this quite small one-bedroom flat for a modest 300 grand. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> estate agent was, you know, our friend Stowe Brothers and had a look at their website and they were really, really keen to uh, to point out what fun guys they were by having a picture of them wearing red trousers in checkers. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. It's entirely unintentional that red trousers is becoming a theme, but I feel I feel like red trousers is definitely a kind of banner. It's like perhaps a slightly dated banner for the what? kind of gentrification that we're talking about. What's well, the thing? Um, Notting Hill had the had a good example of like what happens by the end of gentrification because at first it was all like artsy people and they made it all nice and desirable, and then the final last wave of gentrification is when you have. Um, people in London, people who work in the city. Yeah. And they don't hang out there. Yeah. And they're older and they're buying it because it's cool and it's a sound investment. Hmm. And that's when a place goes dead. It's why they move to those places because they're people who whose jobs don't necessarily allow them a lot. They've got a lot of finan- like financial power. Yeah. They don't have a lot of like, uh, what do they call it? Possibly, uh, cultural capital. Mm. is what they call it. So they want to move to a place that they've got the money for them to buy whatever personality or the cultural capital that they want. Mm. So the, the kind of artists who opened small shops there or anything like that are then displaced by those who can rise to meet that demand. And it slowly changes over time because they won't want that kind of cultural capital all mm. their entire lives. They'll mm. get to 40 and they'll want like a private school and the things that they would want to live there and by then it's all it's all transformed the feel of the place is transformed mm. yeah. it's um there's it's a horrible thing it's like they never put in the work to make a nice an area nice mm. like we've got a little area near here where there's there's two breweries a gin distillery <laughs> and a neon shop. <laughs> God's well, Own Junkyard. Yeah, what would you call God's Own Junkyard? I think it's like a cocktail bar no, it, and it, neon emporium. It, it's really more tourist destination, isn't it? Yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. describe it as a, as a tattery, you know, sort of a, <laughs> a, a specialist in tat. A specialist in tat is a good, yeah. Um, but that was abandoned mechanics yards. Mm. Mm. I think it still like is. The, well, no, it's pretty busy a lot is of time now because of the breweries. There's nice mm. bars there because they can't afford to open a pub. Mother's Ruin is pretty rammed on the yeah. weekends. That's going for, I think that's being refurbed now, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so the women have to go somewhere else to find their very, very sugary gin. 
<laughs> but um, that will get torn down because there's a housing development on that on what was um, a part of the car park. It's right in the middle of a load of a reasonably suburbanised part of Walthamstow, so you've got to think that people have got their eyes on that big yeah. yard, basically it's, yard, breaker's it, yard. It's attached to the most, well, what was the most expensive road in Walthamstow. Yeah. Um, which, because it was equidistant between the two best schools, so it could always get, and I, I think that was the first place I saw a place go for over a million. Which... To put into context, when I first moved here, this flat was £140,000. Yeah. And, yeah, so for places to go for that much, it's just staggering in that short amount of time. Mm. Just because of a good Ofsted school. Mm. Oh, I hate school. It's, it's one of the first things I'd want to be done. They shouldn't be allowed to show off what their schools are. Yeah. That's something for... The educational authority to know. Well, the amazing thing that because like, they need to know where, like, where to send teachers, or like what where needs to be put under special measures and all that kind of stuff. But all it's done, like the idea of catchment areas and releasing those things, is flooding people in to move to a place. That's why we moved here. Hmm. Well, it's the, the amazing thing is none of these new developments contain a school. No, a oh no, they'll, they'll never build a school. Like, things like that. Was um, you know, the big because a country that does the tower blocks quite well is like um, well, country Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, Hong Kong does the big tower blocks and it has like a school in there, a crash, hmm. like the thing in High Rise. Yeah. Um, like Shenmue 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. But like the idea, like also this, was it 29 stories? Four, mm-hmm. 29 stories. Four, 29 story buildings. Where London already All one bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, most of them will be yeah. one and two bedroom flats. Where London already has a problem with its sewers so much so that there's a park in East London which is being destroyed. Yeah. To make our sewers bigger because of just the sheer amount of crap that gets done with yeah oh, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that you said to make the series bigger because I, th- <laughs> I thought when when you said it's being destroyed I thought like there was like a rupture <laughs> <of the Yeah. laughs> well they put they put a chunk of the fatberg on display at the London Museum yeah. oh dear a monument to all our sins <laughs> yeah Actually, actually, I can get behind that. They should put that on the uh, on the fourth plinth. I think. <laughs> um, not with any, not with any like uh, protective glass around it. Just, just have just have it raw. Do you just, think they could do um, like an inescapable they, reminder, like what they did with the Berlin Wall, and you could like take home like a little jar of fat? <laughs> yeah, you could have it as like a little pendant around yeah. your neck. That's the plan to get rid of it. <laughs> everyone, everyone goes down. To, is, is it the park in Bethnal Green? in Tower Hamlet the park that's right by the river yes yeah um, everyone goes down there and just like takes a little chunk of fat <laughs> <laughs> this is my bit of London <laughs> I'm going to give this to my grandkid one day and he's going to remember the fat and break. you break it open and it's got like I've been to London on the inside like a stick of rock <laughs> bad girls go to London yeah. Like, yeah. like the like the, the outside of the locket has like I heart London but instead of a heart it's a bit of fatberg <laughs> it's the middle of a grand donut <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's a flush condom because um, the problem is when you have private developers in charge of these things mm. rather than an overall like the government yeah they don't care about the sewers they don't care about um like the water demands it's or the electricity because you got it's because you have to think about their um their objectives in that mm. like it's not to provide housing Hold on. it is their to dream, literally make profit their dream is like the batsy development yeah. with um where ham- like virtually all of that is owned by um east asian housing speculators yeah and no one's going to really live there no so they don't need to worry about sewers it's a thing of as i get older my communism gets significantly more boring and it's, it's like yeah. don't get me wrong i still want to kill the queen but 
I am more worried about sewers. <laughs> <laughs> Access to water. Yeah, you, you Electricity. Gotta, you I don't want brownouts. You've got to prioritise these things because yeah. you don't want to have a brownout happen. Yeah. You know, when you've just, you, you know, you're in the middle of quick killing the queen. Yeah. You know, How am I going to catch not... them all <laughs> if it's so dark? <laughs> I need powerful lights for that. Well, it's all right because the sewers won't have been expanded, so they won't be able to escape down there. It's, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, if you need to go, you know, before the murder... <laughs> And you know, all, protest. <laughs> you know, all the toilets are shut down because the sewer system is entirely broken. What's well, that? It's um, it's a thing that they do with when you like um in the middle of the village, there's the old town hall hmm. that used to be a like nursery, and Lily first was there when um we first moved in, and she pl- went to the nursery, and then whoever owned it wanted to sell it off for housing, hmm. and they weren't allowed to because it's residential. Um, it was commercial, so you can turn it into residential. Mm. And so they, and then they have to do that thing of pretending to try and sell it, yeah, or pretending to try and rent it, which they managed to do for like you do that for like about, I don't know how many years you have to do it, and then you can just turn it on its flats. It's all flats now. Mm. Our sewers haven't changed. No, because it's not the intention. The intention yeah. is not for it to like facilitate life, facilitate yeah. human needs. And realistically, if you're building huge amounts of flats. One of the things that you want that you're doing that for is to reduce the house prices. Oh, but oh, that's another big thing. Yeah. They do not want to. Yeah, but that's like, why you supposedly do it to make it capable for other for more people to live there. It's one of those dumb things, and like you can say that about the whole of, of the like gentrification project, as it were. Because like I don't, it's not a specific thing where like there's. I mean, I'm sure there are people literally rubbing their hands with visible soap, like and drooling over the amount of money they're going to make out of this. But it's not. It's not a. a, a like big gestalt project wherever like a hive mind or anything mm. it is class power at its most invisible yeah. because they're just pursuing the logic that a bit that has been laid down for them mm. and ever since the financial crash they haven't been able to pursue that logic like with anywhere near the kind of subtlety or grace oh, that no. they have done previously so they just have to steamroller it now and nobody's got any better ideas like this whole form of like providing housing and gentrification is coming to coming to the end but nobody can admit it it's such an obvious thing like whenever you mention to anybody in london about oh yeah you know we're getting a uh like a new boutique coffee shop like an independent coffee chain mm. coming to our town and the only response you get from people is oh god mm. and Oh, because everybody, no matter how like politically unengaged they are, know what that yeah. knows what that fucking means. And it happens like you've just got your feet under the table. You're just starting to feel comfortable in mm-hmm. part of London, and then suddenly, oh, so I've got to move to a different bit now. Yeah, great. The well, count, the, the countdown has started. Or the the it, get all Marxist about it, but it contains the seeds of its own destruction because they're running out of. They're running out of millionaires. Oh, gotcha. The next crash is going to take the rest of those housing developers because they own a load of assets that are not producing any profit mm. because they're just worth something on paper. Mm. Yeah, um, when... Because there is going to be another housing crash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't see a one-bedroom flat on the 26th floor of the third tower in the middle of Walthamstow <laughs> to... Hold any value. Not when you haven't got the uh, commission-based estate agents to actually rent it out to. Yeah. Please let it actually be like the end of High Rise. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, High Rise had them drowning a dog. I did. Because, yeah, yeah, they drown the dog. As, um, that's when the class war starts. As they drown the, um, the owner's dog. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, 
they'd make use of every bit of that dog in the end. <laughs> yeah, at the top of High Rise, he has like his own zoo, doesn't he? Which, like, um, there's a place in Chelsea, I think, where they've got a flock of flamingos of all of their wings clipped on the roof. Yeah, but there's also there's also a basement. We did bar hear about Ken- that. Yeah. There's yeah. also a basement bar in Kensington with that. They have a flock of flamingos indoors. Oh, they like that. Yeah, <laughs> flamingos are known for their distaste for the sun. Mostly cave dwelling species. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> this fucking this fucking city. Like, yeah. It's hard. It's hard not to agree with people who really, really hate London by this point. Yeah. Like, I would have tried to defend it, and I was like, "I've got to be here." Well, yeah, there got are some, else. you know some of, some of the stuff that were coming that was coming in from our our foreign correspondent from outside of the M25 of <laughs> "fuck London." Why do any of you live there? <laughs> um, but like, Rob's since you've moved here, you've only lived in London, and your mum lives in London. You know, that's right. Um, where you live? <laughs> yeah, for the past. 20 years I've lived 18 years in London Mm. Um, I've spent the last five years here in Walthamstow and the whole reason that we moved here in the first place was because um, Herringay where I spent most of my time uh, became unaffordable Mm. and I'd spent a little bit of time in Hackney and Islington as well and those also both became even more unaffordable um, and when we'd been here for about a year is when like some of my coworkers started saying like, oh, hey, I saw your neighborhood on location, location. And I was like, oh, this is how it's going to be now, is it? Oh, look, there's a timeout special. Yeah. So we've gone through quite the parade of um, like renting shitty flats from landlords who hate us. And then like we got a really good flat for about eight months until they sold it for 300 grand. And now we're in a place that's much smaller and not as nice and the rent goes up because they do work on the flat, like replace a broken boiler that was fitted in 2002. So, it's, you know, well, really, I just don't know where else to go. <laughs> you're quite lucky because you're, you've, you've got a pet. That's right. And you're yeah. allowed a pet. I was allowed a pet because I paid an extra 1,500 pounds. Jesus. Yeah. Um, My last landlords, they were like, of course you can have a cat. And then when we got kicked out so they could sell, uh, these landlords were like, yeah, you can have a cat, but you got to pay an extra 1,500 pound deposit on top of your 1,200. And it's a cat. What Yeah. So that kind of like bankrupt us for about a year. Like we'd just gotten back from a trip to New Zealand and we were like, I couldn't even afford that. And I was paying Mm. back Justina's mother. Um, and so like, I'd finally paid that off and I was completely broke and then it was like, yep, you got to move. And then you got to pay one month's rent, one month's deposit, and then an extra like month and a half to not abandon oh. your cat. That's like three months old at this point. Yeah. Oh. It's and been a nightmare. It's been a real nightmare. And cats don't cause much damage. No, not at all. Like I've had like some really horrible cats and they don't cause any damage. What do you mean? Mouse. Mm. Yeah. She's horrible. Um, <laughs> Dogs, I can kind of get why a landlord might be a bit nervous, but even then they've got their fucking deposit. Which, you know, how often have you guys seen your deposit? Like, Come back to you. I've uh, rented once. once. <laughs> I have consistently seen my deposit back, but that is with the proviso of saying that I have spent most of my adult life living outside of London, and in yeah. fact living outside of this country. Yeah. Yeah. I've rented... I want to say either eight or nine places, and I've got my deposit back maybe a grand total of three times. So you know, I'm batting. Uh, I'm, bat- I'm batting one out of three. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like I'm quite weird, especially for sort of our generation, because I've never, as an adult, lived in a place that don't have a mortgage on. Yeah. 
that is, well, all of you should have just been more, just should have just been smarter, and got together with <laughs> more savvy. Um, yeah, got together with an older girl who bought her first property when she was sixteen. With I think it was like pennies, and it was like a ruined house in Norfolk. <laughs> it's that avocado toast though, man. You just can't stop oh, it. Oh man, yeah. my favourite um, modern article is the every article where they say how this 22-year-old bought their first house. And you read it and it's like... With a oh, little look, help from mum and dad. It, well, it, no, the ones, the ones, they actually did one that accepted that. So they had, mm. who didn't have any help from mum and dad. And it's like, all I did was I went to uni and I stayed at home until I was 25 mm. and didn't have to pay anything. Yeah. And worked full time. It's yeah. like, oh, well, okay then. Um, my little brother managed to just buy his first place, and that was after I think he moved out when he's twenty-seven, and he stayed at home the entire time. Yeah. And my sister did very similar, and the her boyfriend now husband had a lot of money as well, and yeah. they lied about how much they earn as well <laughs> to get it. Wait, can you do that? Right. Hold on, got a very important phone call to make. (laughs) The most infuriating thing about when we moved to um, Walthamstow, uh, our first landlady was this like hip producer at Apple Music who was like our age, and she was just super super cruel about everything. Like really nice to our face, and then just like sent us a whole bunch of emails, just like saying that we were ruining her flat and like. Uh, we had bed bugs in that place because like the neighbors had bed bugs and of course they crawl through the walls and um, so we were blamed for that and we got none of our massive deposit back at that place it was just like you're my age and you're pretending that you're hip and cool and you're just you're the worst yeah I remember like I'm quite humiliating Wolfenstein's had like it had a big well like a lot of the places has a lot of bed bug problems like London has a, a proper vermin issue oh yeah yeah um, it is nasty yeah there's rats a lot of rats and mice yeah. and i think that's mainly because of the, the hospital the I think forest is pretty full of them yeah. yeah we went on a little walk there and yeah hollow ponds so at least at least is, 60 i think I'm yeah counting them hollow ponds has like there's this field near us which has a big pond in the middle and a couple of little islands and I think two of the islands, all the trees are dead because they're rat <laughs> Which is kind of great, well, but like, also kind of upsetting just how much further there is. It's like the infuriating thing is, if you want to ask and risk your already difficult relationship with your landlord to say that you have a pest problem. Yeah. Um, yeah and, she was really mean, which is why like we didn't tell her at first. Yeah. And then we did tell her and she was like, it's because you don't change your bed sheets. And I was like, you yeah. idiot, that's not why. Where does she think they come from? <laughs> Came from my filthy body. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so the idea of like, you've got in the other dimension. It's just in the ether. You have the spirits of bed bugs waiting for a time to pounce. It's like, ooh, dirty, come to me, my pretties. <laughs> dirty boy didn't have a shower. <laughs> I, th- I thought that, I thought this, you know, grew from germs, you know, like you didn't change your bed sheets for, for, you know, quite frequently enough. And the bed bugs just grew. They spore from fungus. It's, it's like, it's like how, it's like how you get a cold. Like mm. if you, um, if you go outside in the winter without drying your hair, mm. you know, it's because, it's because, <laughs> The cold virus detects that you're feeling cold. Yeah. So it kind of wants to sort of contribute. Why do you think they call it that? Exactly. But, you know. It detects your morality (laughs) and judges you based on that. I know there's like a, there's a big mold problem in Walthamstow. And, um. Yeah. We got a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Walthamstow is on a floodplain. We're quite below 
sea level where we are. Mm. Um, like I, my basement regularly floods, and I know quite a lot of the other houses around here. The um, before they put it up to rent, they just locked the basements or they <laughs> filled it full of like concrete. But that doesn't change the fact that there's still all this water. <laughs> and so quite a lot of the places around here, there's just like black mold everywhere. Yeah. Like if you put anything next to a wall. Oh, every, every place I lived in had kind of a black mold problem. I didn't help in, when I lived in Hounslow by putting, that was your own fault. putting a mattress against an exterior wall and leaving it there for six months. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't know because I'd lived in places that were reasonably rocky and reasonably high. Mm. high up so they didn't quite have the problem that it does in London oh god when you lived in Hounslow that was so horrible I liked that house it was a loud house uh, oh well I mean it had planes going over every, every 30 seconds for 8 hours of the day oh, when you when you said it was a loud house I thought it was more like party central you know yeah. it was like a loud house it was really happening oh, yeah. like it was it was really hopping <laughs> I, did, I did notice that after Adam was there for a while his speech would automatically get much louder every 30 <laughs> seconds because he just naturally acclimatised to the fact that every 30 seconds everything is deafening and the windows rattle yeah. thought it was pub voice actually it was plain voice yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, Pavlovian plane training yeah. <laughs> it's like everything that's wrong with London can, can actually be summed up with um, when Concord was still a thing <laughs> and it was quite regular you, if you go to Hounslow now you can still see it roof tiles that are different colours to the rest of the roof tiles yeah. because Concord would quite regularly rip roof tiles off of houses and just smash them onto the street uh, there was a horrible problem in um, Hounslow there were a load of kids who were like the educational kind of um, levels in the, in the in primary schools were going massively down in, in a couple of years yeah. and they couldn't work out why and they did one of those like broad spectrum surveys of like kids housing situations and things like that it's because they were all living in sheds that were built at the back of all the terraced housing mm. and they were being woken up all night with the planes because they didn't have a brick wall yeah. between them and being woken up and the brick walls aren't enough anyway then I, to be honest i got used to that like after about a week i got used to that you I know mean, if, if they had a 29 story block you know <laughs> oh yeah there we go or yeah, like the, the blocks that were like next to your block would stop the planes <laughs> and eventually it stopped being a problem. I remember, like, it was when we were looking at flats for you when you were first moving down. Mm. And when we first realised that the planes are pretty low, so we were drinking in a beer garden and it felt like it was raining, but it wasn't rain, it was the condensation falling off the plane. From the jet us. fuel? <laughs> yeah. Didn't you say that you could see the hair colour of the passengers? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, you could. It was just about low enough that you could see the like the faces of the passengers in there. And the numbers on the planes. Oh, I did. <laughs> I got bored of it after about a week. Did they ever wave back? No one waved back. Oh, shame. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, the thing is, like, this, back to the original thing, this housing development, it's happening. Like... Yeah, I don't. It got I haven't through. In I haven't met anyone. What who seems to be it. a shambles of a council meeting. Yeah, uh, all uh, all Labour councillors. Yeah, yeah. That's well. the important the point to make. The only person who voted against it was a Tory. Yeah, a Tory who um, tried to demonstrate what the buildings would be like by walking around the room deliberately, <laughs> uh, according to uh, freelance journalist Arena Barker. Was he making himself look big like yeah. Cat Red Wolf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. a big man. Yeah, but it's, that's the thing because. And the only reason he was against it is because he's not in power. Well, there's a very yeah. I imagine if it was a Tory-led council, it would be you know, the exact same fucking thing. Tories out of power, they do tend to have that same kind of attitude, like the the, the same objective, but for di- very different reasons. Mm. You know, he wants a, he wants to conserve things. Mm. You know, being a conservative. But it's understandable why in Haringey they're trying to kick out the Labour council 
and it'd be nice if they try and get rid of the Labour Council here. Yeah, if they're part of the whole structure that's causing this yeah. and they have no... that's facilitating this and in many cases like financially benefits from it, the council and sometimes individual councillors themselves, mm. then you, we have every right to kick them out. Mm. I did read today um, there's been another one of these schemes in Barnet that Sadiq Khan actually stopped is actually because they were going to take away kind of 600 social housing units yeah. in this new development. He actually has um, stopped the project and the bidding process entirely. Which is surprising because um, um, when you, Sadiq Khan yeah. was running for mayor, the person who wrote his housing policy was for Savills, mm. which is, you know, big it's, housing. To be honest, like if you, if you can't trust personalities to actually look out for you, I think doesn't necessarily have to be a factor when they do something good they don't act that like mm. if he's stopping it the best thing that comes out of it is is it proves it can be stopped yeah. it doesn't have this inevitable steamroller kind of effect to it yeah because the, how many like we're talking about Wolfenstow here that and we talked about Harringay last week but how many times have you heard about one of these things being stopped how many times have you seen like oh very dodgy vote very contentious vote at the council and it still passed mm. it actually needs to stop Mm. It actually, you actually need to have well, a mechanism by which it stops. The thing is, it's that it's the Corbyn stuff is great. Mm. There does need to be work on the local council element of it. Yeah, because it doesn't matter if university is free, mm -hmm. if you can't afford halls, mm. <laughs> mm. Um, and you can't afford to, and like it does. It's you know, a bit London centric, but there is like nearly eight million people living here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the councils, it's that, it's that grim thing. It's like it's it's heard over and over and over again. Like when they made it so I have to pay for my car to be parked in front of my flat. Yeah. And they put it out to vote, mm. and the residents voted against it. Mm. And then they put it out to another vote. The residents voted against it. Put it out to a third vote. Residents voted against it, and then they said they're doing it anyway. Yeah. And that's the depressing thing that you need to stop all of this. You need needs to be a bigger kind of more. It's all of this stuff is kind of connected together, and so you yeah. do need that like broad spectrum response to it. And God knows, like everything about the Tories say that they know what the problem is with the housing bubble. Mm. In, for to take one like bit of it, like they know what's happening to housing prices, they know what's happening to the housing bubble, and they do not want to do anything about it. They are happy to just coast until it bursts. Mm -hmm. So if we don't want to suffer really bad consequences from that, it does need to happen now and. Like Labour councillors and right-wing Labour MPs and representatives can bitch all they want, but there's a fucking horrible thing coming and everyone can see it. Mm. You know, there's uh, there's something that sprang to mind when we were talking earlier um, about uh, the kind of gentrification that takes place in London, uh, essentially hollowing out an area, mm. which is um, looking back on when I was living in uh, Frankfurt for several years. Mm. So Frankfurt, you know, big financial centre of Europe and um, maybe when you were there you noticed that at the weekend it got real quiet oh it's empty yeah. yeah real quiet but despite that um, when you get out of the very very central part of Frankfurt where you have you know like all the boutiques all the mm. build up stuff and so on um, there is a lot going on in Frankfurt there's a lot of small businesses there are a lot mm. of independent businesses um, you know, there are there are pubs, restaurants, uh, bars where people go. Um, you know, it's it is actually alive. It's yeah. just mm. 
not moved out. Well, the thing is, is that Frankfurt is also a small city, so it's not really moved out. Mm. What's happened is that the people who work in you know banking and finance and so on um, have gone out into the suburbs, but the people who actually live in Frankfurt are still there, mm. and I think it's I think it's because they're because you can actually live in Frankfurt. You mm. know, you can reasonably rent a place in Frankfurt. There are reasonable places to live. So, for example, compared to Walthamstow, it's not it's not that you have sort of outer areas of Frankfurt that are... Well, I don't even want to say outer areas. Non-central areas of Frankfurt mm. that are all, say, like, terraced houses and stuff that have been converted into flats and so on. Mm. But rather, you know, you have loads of apartment blocks and when I say apartment blocks I don't even mean like multi-story mm. buildings but you know say buildings that are like two three stories maybe yeah like low-rise residential yeah and they were designed to be flats you know they mm. weren't houses that were later changed yeah, yeah. you know it, it's not a studio where say you know you have your legs in the oven and yeah. your hand <laughs> in the kitchen in the bathroom sink when you're mm. sleeping yeah mm. um, oh, so many places <laughs> <laughs> and those were the days you know, obviously part of this is because in the war, Frankfurt was levelled. That's a very big, historically specific part of why Germany has that has that mode of living, isn't it? Because yeah. you had a chance to reconstruct it based on those social democratic principles yeah, but after the war. I also think about, um, I also think about Kyoto, mm. um, where I lived um, while I was studying. Mm. And... Kyoto is, you know, a very old, prestigious city. Mm. Um, you know, the old capital of Japan um, before it was Tokyo. And again, renting a place there was very, very reasonable. Yeah. Um, and while I was living there, I saw all kinds of places that people were living. Mm. Um, also, you know, renting a place was not actually particularly troublesome. Um, Aside from, you know, the extreme difficulty of renting a place as a foreigner. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a, that's a whole other kettle of fish. And even though Kyoto also has its very, very, you know, gentrified bits, very, very fancy bits, very, very exclusive bits. Again, it's a place where people can live. Yeah. yeah. And Kyoto wasn't um, touch really gentle, well, was it? No. no. Actually, what they did was... It, it wasn't touched during the war and then they decided to tear everything down anyway and <laughs> <laughs> just build up a lot of stuff. I think people will make something out of... It doesn't have to be engineered for a particular purpose. I think when people act, like, act as a community and act as a collective, they do kind of create their own spaces. It doesn't have to be particularly like special or, or, or unique other than to the people who are actually using it. What we're looking at now is like a like the the banlieue effect, where people are just getting pushed out further and further, and the way that they, the, the horror that people have of the banlieue system is not because it's outside, it's not because it's not particularly well provisioned, it's because the people in it are poor. Mm. It's a socioeconomic effect of that. So it's like it 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 almost shouldn't matter where you live, because the things that you the things that you need there should should be there. If you know what I mean, yeah. pe most communities will be able to. To provide that but when you have this like weird distorting effect where you're constantly on the move and you can never quite never quite be in one place and you're never quite sure where you're going to be in the next year that's yeah. reflected in the kind of 
control that particular elites or particular groups can have over an area, which is what you're seeing here. Mm. I think part I think part of the problem in the case of Wolfenstone is that it's it's a place that's been very rapidly gentrified. It's a place that is mm. not very central. No. You know, it it's got a really good Victoria yeah. line connection though, so well, oh yeah. But, you know, histor historically speaking, it's a recent part of London. Mm. Yeah. And well, yeah. yeah. And um when um you know when we were walking around before to um check to check out the parks of the dog, uh you know, the further out we got, you know, the further away we got from the train station, the more and more it felt like we were in a town in Essex. Yeah. There was um and there was yeah. this bit just after Victoria Park where it literally just felt like where I grew up in Medway. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Hounslow is the same for me. Yeah, it just you, feels like a Midlands yeah. town. And you you can't just suddenly, you can't just suddenly transplant that onto say, you know, some kind of outer hub of London yeah. where you've got you know you've got your uh, very very connect, fast connection to the centre on the Victoria Line. You've got um, mm. you know rapid gentrification and so on, but mm. you've still got you know all these terraced houses that are, you know being chopped in half, converted into flats mm. and so on. Yeah. Um, and expect that to hold, you know. Yeah. No, it can't. It really can't hold for much it's, longer. It's, 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 it's kind of a, it's kind of like a one size fits all solution because yeah. you know, everyone's bought into this fantasy of having this house that's an investment, mm. as if, you know, that's worth dedicating your life to, mm. and mm. Uh, you know, but basically as if you're never gonna die. <laughs> yeah. That's as if what, you're never gonna die and you're never gonna. That move. was a particular like political project that arose in the late seventies, though the homeowners' democracy. So yeah. mm. you get everybody onto more onto cheap mortgages because they don't strike because they have a mortgage mm -hmm. and um, they're, they're less likely to identify with a particular community that could resist any kind of like sweeping changes, neoliberal kind of measures to, to, to change this, like the character of an area. Right. So as, as a result, yeah. as a result though, you have, you have this extreme rigidity, mm. you know, you, you can't, there, there's no way that you can suddenly make, you know, all these terraced semi-detached houses in the areas that people want to mm. um, move into, mm. um, possibly sustain them. You know, you you can't you can't you you can like cut and chop them up into like double bedrooms. Build some yeah. really awkward so, walls. And yeah, yeah. yeah. In my yeah. experience of renting. Yeah. My house in Tooting was the stockroom of a news agent. Yeah, you know, that had carpets put in. <laughs> and. As gentrification goes on as well, you know, fewer and fewer people are going to tolerate that. Well, it's, it's that thing of, um, there's obnoxious liberal bloke on LBC, James O'Brien. Mm. When he talks about when he got his first mortgage, the mortgage he got was 110%. <laughs> that doesn't happen now. No. And the likelihood of people willing to saddle themselves with that much debt to have like a, st a former stock room with a cockroach infestation <laughs> I can't see it going on for much longer it won't they have to change the model and like I know like the goal is for everybody to uh, own their own home but actually if you could shift that onto a safe secure like rental situation the goal isn't for everyone to own their own home uh, the, 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 the ideological goal is for everyone to, is for no, everyone the, to own the, their own home their goal the successive governments mm. has been for 
a certain select group of people to own all the homes and then to rent. Then no, because no, that was a that was a side effect of the fact that they let financial capital run amok. Because yeah. you got to think about their stuff in a list of priorities. So they mm. did want to con- have a controllable populace that was domesticated to a certain extent. Mm. But more important than that was the ability to turn all those like um, assets into investment vehicles. Yeah. So that always superseded it. So yeah. You're right, that that isn't what they said, but that's the contradiction at the heart of all that stuff. They can live with that until they can't, which they're increasingly, they can't. Okay, so that's about all the time we have this week, I think. For that grim. Um, for that, it's, there's hope. Well, someone stopped a thing. Out. Yeah. <laughs> but everything else went on. Yeah. Kick out every single councillor. Oh, yeah. Kick him out, lynch all the landlords. Hell yes. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yep. Because if we don't, and our sewers are never going to not be blocked. <laughs> also, based on my experience living in Frank Kyoto, you don't actually have to bomb orphans still to the ground. No. <laughs> if, if there's a will, you can't just tear everything down and put the stuff up instead. It's fine. They did it in Kyoto. Yeah. <laughs> you can't build your Starbucks with nuclear arms. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So... Uh... As usual, you can subscribe to us at WDTATW underscore podcast. Uh, you can follow me at BM Bergamo and Hugh at Tanner Smashing. Rob, um, you are at... I'm at Misanthrobob. Misanthrobob. And uh, you have your own podcast as well. Do I do, because uh, I'm an uncultured swine. I host uh, <laughs> Misanthroplay podcast, Walthamstow's favorite video games podcast, which, uh, saying that, that makes me part of the gentrification problem, I do Oh believe. my god! He was here all along! <laughs> Where you complained about women in video games. So. <laughs> yeah, um, they don't belong there. What can I say? Um, you can follow that at Twitter, at Misanthroplay, and it would be uh, it'd be great if you did, if you're into that kind of thing. It's fantastic. Two experts in the field. And Ollie is still maintaining the Radio world's number one Monster Hunter beta stream on Twitch. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I had to stop that, sadly. I streamed about um, I streamed about 40 hours of an error screen saying that the beta, screen, that the, uh, the beta had concluded. Um, <laughs> it's coming back. It is coming back, which makes me feel a bit silly now. Um, but on the bright side, I did, I, did, I, did, I, did, I did have a significant advantage in using my PS4 as a space heater. But unfortunately, people started giving out at me at, um, at idling, uh, idling gameplay to, um, to get affiliate status on Twitch. You know, as, as, if, as if I wanted to make a career on oh. Twitch. <laughs> you know, I have subscriptions to my stream of narrow message. It's so, like negative space porn. I bet you could do it. <laughs> Well, I, I, I decided, you know, I, I didn't really want to, I didn't really want to get banned over that because, you know, I'm, I'm, I might want to, I might want to stream something that maybe two people will watch if I'm lucky one day, you know, and I thought, you know, that's worth holding out for. <laughs> when you started feeling like you had the carbon, carbon footprint of like the Twitch Bitcoin, <laughs> you decided you should stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's enough for us this week, I think. And yeah, we'll be back in the new year, probably. No, I thought we were going to do something before New Year. Are you around next week? Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I'm working, but I'm around. You're working on Boxing Day? No. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, all right. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back again. We'll be back again soon. You lucky people. (laughs) After after that round of indecision. (laughs) (laughs) Let's have this discussion now. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah.
Happy birthday, Jesus. <laughs> We've got to have our yeah, happy birthday, Jesus episode. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a special Christmas episode about yeah. how crap Christmas is. And uh, happy Boxing Day, Jesus, as well. Yeah, yeah. Is is Happy Boxing Day a thing yet? Or, Send him back. Or have I <laughs> have I accidentally given like mark like marketers an idea? <laughs> well, Boxing Day was Jesus's favorite um, start of the sales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, like, especially on this podcast, I'm going to give a free tip to um, all the independent greeting card companies out there, <laughs> and also Hallmark because I'm sure they've got agents. You know, listening. Yeah, they listen to every podcast for ideas. Yeah, we're sponsored right? by them, actually. Make Boxing Day cards. <laughs> right? So you, you have to buy Christmas cards. And then Boxing cards as well. And Boxing Day cards. But also maybe New Year's cards, because I'm sure there's a thing too. Do you buy cards? I buy cards when my mother guilt, tri- guilt trips me into them. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I have to buy them for my family. I think they're the most useless fucking thing in the world. Otherwise, got maybe like 15, 20 years oh, left. Yeah. In them. Yeah. Yeah. I bought a box of 20 cards and I have been giving out the same card to my family for the past <laughs> several <Nice>. years. <laughs> Nobody noticed, did they? <laughs> no. There we go. Ah, frugal. In my case, I respect the environment and I only buy cards when forced to emotionally. <laughs> and with that. All right, that's us for this week, I think. Okay. Thanks. Bye. 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 Fighting am the least about the fighting game when Mr. Hoover said to cut.